through things and sometimes the descriptions aren't right real clear they'll be like a witch invades a girl's school I'm like, oh, fuck, it's about 50 of those well, I, keep a, I keep a record of my reference books what i seen because so many of, yeah. some of those like c grade or below it i can't remember exactly yeah they have you were talking about doing a clown one or a recent halloween one yes there is a recent halloween clown Oh, jeez. Well, it's called All Hallows' Eve, and there's two of them. Oh, okay. There's a, there's a sequel. Halloween Clown. There you are. Oh. Takes care of that. Clownoween. Yes. So, only 90 minutes of crap instead of having to watch two of them. <laughs> they also have The Legend of Halloween Jack. I'm sure that's awesome. They have five movies that are on the video nasty list. Oh. Uh, they have Andy Warhol's Dracula. Ooh. And speaking of Romero, they have Bruiser, which is the last one I hadn't seen. So I'll oh, check that out. I'll have to watch that. Um, and they have the Vineyard, which I want to see. Death by Temptation. Oh, yeah. I Warhol's st- Dracula may have been something that... I don't feel like that's the one, but I looked through a bunch of them trying to find what I thought I had seen that was like, ooh, that's, <clears throat> that's a pretty obscure one. Yeah, I saw a video of Yonks ago. I've never seen that one. Um, what else do they have? Uh, two Amityville sequels. Oh, yeah. They had a that bunch of them. That, that I hadn't seen before. They've got more than that, but I hadn't seen a couple. Yeah, it seemed like they had about 15 different Amityville-type right. <laughs> films, or at least that house with the spooky mm-hmm. eyes. You know, we should probably do... What An introduction. We, well, sure. Let's hey, see. listeners, it's Chewing oh, the Scenery. Are we, are we on? Yeah, we're on. Okay. We're live. We're Yes, we're live in your ears. Um, we're a podcast about horror movies. Yeah. Where we discuss a horror movie. Are we going to spoil it or what? Probably. All right. What about the recently watched? Uh, we try not to spoil those, but I think I'm going to flip it this week <laughs> okay. and start off with the feature and then do the... Then do recently, recently watched watch as the good trailers. Idea. Good idea. Hey man, whatever works. Yeah, because this week we watched Three, Three from, from Hell. hell. <laughs> Three from Hell. And I wish I hadn't. Well, there were four from Hell, but one of them didn't make it very far in the movie, which was disappointing to me. But yep. Yeah. Thanks, Moonrays, for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show. Buy the music digitally, or uh, you know, whatever on uh, Amazon or iTunes, and. Uh, say hi or don't on Facebook where they're the moon dash rays there. There. That was good housekeeping. Thanks. Um, guys, it's a quote unquote spooky season as far as all the squares are concerned. Yeah. Or business as usual as far as we're concerned. I went, I went to a Halloween parade on Broadway on uh, Saturday night. Oh, how was it? I had a whole bunch of hearses, one of which was spewing fire. Wow. I love when that happens. And, and it was meant to, by the way. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and a whole bunch of people dressed as... There's a lot of Beetlejuice this year for some reason. Huh. Um, um, you mean Juice Demon? They might have had a directive to keep it PG or something, but... Juice Demon, yes. A whole, a whole bunch of Beetlejuice is dancing the Thriller dance. That's weird. I mean, it's not weird. It's just like... No, that is a little weird. I guess so. Like, like why does that become a thing? <clears throat> yeah. There hasn't been a Beetlejuice since 1988. Right. So, you don't count the cartoon. Yeah. And uh, do you remember what the car was called? There was a car in Beetlejuice? Yeah, there was a special car that uh, that they raced around in. It was called Doomy. D-O-O-M-Y. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, I'm absolutely not making this up. Beetlejuice had a car? Well, the I, Michael Keaton Beetlejuice had no, a car? I do not car- remember. The cartoon. Oh. The cartoon Beetlejuice. There was a car, and I think it was Lydia's car, because she would be yelling, do me, do me. And I was thinking, you guys did that on purpose. There was no way she's yelling, do me. And it wasn't just trying to slip one past the censors. And if you think I'm making it up, listeners, check it out. Go check it out. All so, right. Uh, so here we are. It's it's uh, the middle of October, uh-huh. and uh, we we've got a uh, a horror movie we're going to talk about. And um, we had discussed how Tubi had 1,600 horror movies. Yes, 1,600 I, of them. I counted over 2,000. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I didn't go to the end of the earth on it yet. So over 2,000? Yep. And how many do you think were good? Uh, what three. <laughs> what, per- what percent would you say were good? Uh, I'd, well, I'd, I just made the list of ones I hadn't seen. Okay. Um, it is pretty... So I'm, I'm going to check those out. It's a lot on here. Yeah, there's a lot of crossed out because uh, sometimes Some, titles... You know, yes. Um, you look them up on your books and they're, they're the ones you've actually seen. Yeah. And uh, I think Will and I discovered, because you brought the book uh, Immoral Tales, um, which is a uh, European sex and horror movie um, complete list from 1956 through 1984, I think we discuss, uh, discovered that um, The Bare-Breasted Countess is the movie that I saw the title on Tubi, and I thought, ooh, I should write that down. And didn't? I'm sure that's the one. Okay. And then there were a couple other ones that were kind of also ridiculous. Oh, dear Lord, do not watch Hobgoblins. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, do not watch okay. Hobgoblins. They've got all the ghoulies on there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, ones I did watch, I watched, um, uh, talking of Jess Frank, I watched his uh, Jack Ripper. How is the, it? The 1976 one with um, Klaus Kinski. Oh. You'd expect with those two doing a Jack the Ripper movie, but that would be just nuts it's crazy a, it's not it does get uh, gory um about an hour into it you see what he does to one of the women but oh, no. apart from that you don't see that much um and he's really restrained and he's playing this uh this fellow who's you know obviously got some kind of flip switch going and so he's like this really civil kind of shy guy um in his lodgings and he's kind of trying to avoid his landlady who's after him oh and uh for, uh for the rent money yeah but yeah it, it doesn't get crazy um for, for much of the runtime hmm. um it feels like more of a standard movie you know it's not not got the franco obsessions in he, he's got a he's got a like a musical scene instead of a nightclub scene 
Oh. That you usually get in his films. Ooh. So Ghost House. Don't watch that one either. <laughs> is, okay, is is the Jess Franco set in the period that uh, Jack the Ripper? Yes. Uh, okay. So it's, it's actually you know trying to do a, another version of the same. Okay. Now story. That being the case, do you look at the film and go, "It's obviously filmed in the seventies"? Um, uh, some some of it is they they've got like. Uh, They've got shots of London, like, a, you know, they show, like, Big Ben and stuff like that. But uh, some of the street shots are obviously, you know, somewhere else. But I mean, like... You know, France or somewhere. I mean, like, hairdos and, and fashions. They, the, the uh, I, I thought the script was quite literate. They've obviously got an, uh, an actual English speaker who's who knows the colloquialisms and knows the period references. Okay. So that's quite well done. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, and the costuming and everything is 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 pretty well done. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I think it was as good as Hammer or something doing the period stuff. Okay, because I was kind of picturing like, okay, Jess Franco's not going to care. There's going to be a lot of uh, no, no, no. handlebar mustaches and open shirts and bell bottoms. I and mean, as a Franco fan, you might be quite disappointed because it's not <laughs> it's not really him. It's like more of a standard horror movie. Oh, that's strange because. For listeners who are uninitiated in the world of Jess Franco, you expect a lot of crazy nudity, nonsense, murder, very mod uh, decoration or um, decor, I should say. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fashions, the decor, everything is very mod, very, you know, late 60s or early 70s. Um, Yeah, but yeah, definitely a lot of nudity and uh, murder. Yep. Um, Yeah. And music. What else do you need? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> listeners. What are you looking for? Another thing they had on there, which I've been wanting to see for a long time, was uh, Cannibal Girls. Ooh, I have not heard of that. Uh, Cannibal Girls is like uh, an early film by uh, Ivan Reitman, who went on to oh, okay, yeah, produce Cronenberg and did uh, Ghostbusters yeah. and things. Yeah. So this is like a, a Canadian film um, from the early seventies, and. Uh, yeah, it's got a quite surprising cast in it. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I was, I was pleased. it's not a great movie, I don't think. Probably not. It's kind of semi-improvised, um, you know, film and um, yeah, and nice landscapes and things. But but finally got to see that. Nice. Uh, Mama Dracula, which is bizarre kind of French seventies <laughs> vampire film. Mama Dracula. Um, Sleepaway Camp 3. Yeah. Amityville, The Evil Escapes. Haven't seen that one. Does it really escape? Or does it just hang out in the house? Yeah, this is the first of the movies where uh, the evil goes into the objects and then they get sold off in a yard sale. Oh. And so this, uh, this really ugly lamp ends up going to oh, California. I've heard of this one. Yeah. And then I think the one after that is about a clock. Oh my god! Yeah, it's really it's it's just a TV movie, really. So they just have to juggle three or four stories. So arguably, this one uh, was just some other story that got stickered over as a, you know, the, the way the Cloverfield movies, they just took some other story and just put put the stickers on it. And <laughs> so said, hey. somebody wrote a, a movie about a killer lamp, right? And then got it sold, but only way they could make it actually make it is to stamp the amityville right yeah horror name on it 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we just kind of loop that into the, uh, the, the, the narrative of, oh, they had a yard sale and sold all this shit. Out. We should have a, uh, a marathon of uh, killer object movies. Uh, you know, that is a good idea. And I, and I think um, we did an episode of Ill-Ad- ill-advised sequels. Uh-huh. But I think we should also do, um, they aren't even mockbusters. There's something, and I don't know what to even call them, but like when they know the Nun movie is coming out or the next mm-hmm. Annabelle movie is coming out. Oh, man. Yeah, you get through Tubi and there's so many, there's like Nun movies, Bigfoot movies. Oh, yeah, there were like 25 Bigfoot yeah. movies. Evil doll movies. Evil, Evil doll. doll movies. <laughs> yeah. I watched uh, the, the Mysteries Decoded. Uh, do you remember I talked about that? How Ryan Sprague with that UFO podcast had done one about Roswell. I watched uh-huh. the one about Bigfoot, and I got to okay. say, uh, not super convinced there is a Bigfoot now. <laughs> really? <laughs> I met Bob Gimlin, and I was starting to go, all right, maybe. And then I saw this fucking thing, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, Bigfoot's uh, evil dolls that look or sound similar to Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do they do that's like that? There's a bunch of it, though, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot on Tubi. Yeah. A lot of crap. Stuff that they rushed out, like, just before or just after the release of something. Yeah, especially when the, the, the concept is, like, really dirt cheap to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bigfoot, Nun, Ouija board. Yeah. Doll. Yeah. Any of that stuff. Uh, Krampus. Yep. Yeah, I gave up on Krampus. Uh, why did they give? Why did they give up on werewolves? But the Krampus is perfectly okay to well, try. Because you've got to build a, a costume. That's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, nobody wants to go after the werewolves, and and really try and rush one of those out. But then they'll just what? What's the difference costume wise between <laughs> a werewolf and a Krampus? Horns, right? I guess, yeah. And, and you know some clothes because werewolves are usually naked, but um, the Krampus usually has some sort of. I a, think yeah, Krampus you can just big you know it's a big bratty Santa Claus coat and hat and horns. He could be naked if he wants. Maybe though. he has a tail, but you don't really see the Krampus a whole lot. Yeah, fleeting glimpses. I don't know. Maybe I'm too concerned about something that I'm never going to be happy with. Werewolf movies. Or Krampus movies. Or Krampus movies. <laughs> what else, Julian? I'm sorry. Uh, what, what else have I seen? Yeah. Uh, so I've been continuing with the Dracula series, the Hammer one. Yeah. Uh, so Dracula has risen from the grave. Mm-hmm. Taste the blood of Dracula. Dracula has risen from the grave and uh, Roger Daltrey is there to help. <laughs> um, so so these are, I mean, they have their, their moments, but... Uh, uh, and you know they get up as far as scars of Dracula, and they're basically uh, rehashes of the first one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, you know, they're they're entertaining, but uh, it's, it's pretty tired. I, I found with um, uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula as the first one I found was felt old fashioned, and. It, also, Dracula felt felt reduced because he's so reactive. Um, he's basically uh, uh, targeting unsympathetic people for revenge and staying in his his house, his castle, oh. or church, wherever. Um, you know, he's like the least interesting character in the in the film. That's criminal. Um, but uh, you know, when he when he does turn up, he's great to watch. Um, 
So uh, then it gets into the 70s proper with uh, Dracula AD 1972, and it gets fun again, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this, these were always dismissed as like the stupid trying to update it uh-huh. and get hip movies. But I really like them now. Yeah, they, I'm, I need to watch that Dracula 72. Yeah, so this, this reteams Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Perfect. And uh, Peter Cushing plays a descendant of Van Helsing. And then his granddaughter is played by Stephanie Beecham. Um, and, uh, and then she, she's with a group of thrill seekers and they they go to this church because their leader um whose whose name is uh, Johnny Alucard um wants to give them the thrill of having a black mass at the church they all go along and then he he like he he like pours blood over Carolyn Monroe and and resurrects Dracula and uh wow um so uh, yeah so this is another one where Dracula doesn't leave the place, you know, he, he he's in the middle of London, but he doesn't leave the church, you know. Oh, um, so uh, <laughs> that's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but it, it, you know, it's, no, you can't right. help but enjoy that movie. Yeah, uh, Peter Cushing's really good. He looks he looks really good in that movie. Um, and Stephanie Beecham, I wish she'd um, she plays Jessica Van Helsing, and I just wish they. I, you know, really try to be modern and and given her something to do. Oh, because she's yeah. you know she's obviously smart and and uh, can handle herself. And but you know you'd think that she'd be trained as a Van Helsing. Yeah. But uh, you know she just becomes the damsel in distress. Nah, and that's then, disappointing. Yeah. So the follow up to that is um, the Satanic Rites of Dracula from nineteen seventy three. So that's the last Hammer one with uh, Christopher Lee. Does he really concern himself with Satan at all? I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he has. There's this um, uh, group of businessmen from various fields who gather at this country house and they hold these black masses. Um, basically, he's he's using them because he's he's got this plans for to affect the entire world. Uh huh. I won't give away what it is. Is it a mask with a little badge but, with, with a piece of stone engine in it? No, not quite. But you can see <laughs> this one, it, instead of it feeling like it was just trying to rehash old stuff, mm-hmm. this, you can see, oh, yeah, the, you know, you've got the corporate evil that you get in the Omen a couple of years later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, you've got, like, the idea of Lestat, who's been around for ages, and so he's gotten self-rich. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's put his immortality to use. Um, you know, uh, you can see all these films to come. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's got some interesting ideas. Um, they, they, you know, obviously didn't have the budget to really pull off a, a big scale vampire movie. Yeah. But, uh, uh, he does get out of the house. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is pre-drone too, you know, so, you know. You wouldn't get like all these sweeping shots from aerial views, or right? Anything. Right, right. I'm getting a little tight. There's this cliche <laughs> shot that I think the cliche <laughs> shot of the year has been the perpendicular vertical shot, obviously by a drone, as people go through a landscape, mm-hmm. either a vehicle or they're walking. Yeah, I'm seeing that quite a bit now. Is that know? the dead deer of 2019? I think so. <laughs> we should have an award. Called the dead deer. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm calling it a stale deer right now. Okay, um, right. but I've seen it a lot. Yeah, in horror movies in the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah, because everyone now they can do it. They pretty can do cheaply. it. And yeah, it's so everyone's doing it. 
Um, that would be so good for vampire movies, though, because yeah. it's a POV shot or what have you. Drones. Yeah, I, w- I wish that Hammer had, had, instead of doing their bats on the strings things, yeah. just go with shadows or or if they were able to do a POV shot, it would be so much better. Yeah. It used to be such a thing. You would have to get a helicopter or the craziest expensive boom crane thing. and Yeah, they had to invent all these cameras like... Um, uh, uh, the Sergei Bondarchuk film of uh, War and Peace, they had to invent a camera so that they could fly it over the battlefields. Wow. You know, they, they had to invent all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but now you can just like hire a drone. Oh, yeah. For a few you, thousand. You could buy something at Costco. Right. You know, it, it's gotten ridiculous. Yeah, if it's, if it's uh, sturdy enough to carry a camera, you can get Oh yeah. amazing shots. Or you could duct tape your phone to it and start rolling. It's going to look better than the stuff from the 80s looked. Right. Um, <laughs> duct tape in a phone. So in uh, Satanic Rites, uh, Jessica is now played by Joanna Lumley. Oh. You know her? Maybe. And, uh, but she's still a damsel in distress. Oh. Um, you've got uh, and Freddie Jones is in it. And Barbara nice. Yuling is in it. Um, I, I like this one. It's, it's quite strong, I think. Um, I'm very pleased to see the one. So the last one in the Hammer Dracula's is uh, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Yes. So we're going to watch that one. Oh, all right. Uh, you have to I've never it. seen that one, but oh, I've, uh, I've heard about it. And then it's ridiculously fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one where you can see. Oh, yeah, this is where the Blind Dead got the idea from. And well, uh, well, they may they may not have, but you have all these slow motion undead riders going through the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good image. Um, and yeah, I wish they could have done more of those. Yeah. It's such fun. Are there seven and are they golden? This is what I want to find out. <laughs> Sometimes titles can be deceiving. But anyway. Um, so we've also been watching, uh, the terror infamy that finished a very moving finale. Excellent. And, uh, we finished watching mega beast investigated Jespion. What? Japanese superhero oh. series from the mid 80s. Now it makes sense. That's pleasingly nutty. Uh, and we've, we're still watching American Horror Story 1984. It's about halfway through now. Is it not? <laughs> Have the wheels come off? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you knew that was happening. But you, you, you're wondering how, you know, where it's going to careen to next. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's halfway through, and, the, and, and Emily was like, that's not the end. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. It just keeps rolling. It's really hard to care because like anything could happen. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And they're all killers. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Have they had a musical interlude? Not yet. Okay. They've had aerobics scenes. All right. <laughs> oh, um, all right. The Navy versus the Night Monsters, nineteen sixty-six. Ooh. Directed by Michael A. Hoey. This turned out to be a kind of low-budget thing. Uh, with a bunch of really tiresome military types mm. in endless discussions. Um, so that Sounds terrific. What happens is um, they dig up these uh, organic samples from this like warm spot in Antarctica, and then they're flying it back up north, and on the way they stop off at this South Atlantic island, which <coughs> okay. is like kind of semi-tropical, called Gow Island. And there's this like uh, U.S. Navy base there. And uh, then one of the civilian nurses is Nurse Nora, who's played by uh, Mamie Van Doren. Oh, nice. And then the uh, the fellow who's put in charge of it all of a sudden is uh, Lieutenant Charlie Brown. 
play, <laughs> played by Anthony Isley. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a great scene with her. <laughs> it's like it's one of those mid '60s films, which they're still kind of carrying over the '50s uh-huh. um, sort of mentalities, but it doesn't have all the relevancy of the '50s ones. Yeah. Um, so it's a scene where he's in this jeep with her, and she's you know she's obviously wants to know what he thinks of her. Uh-huh. And you know she's a nurse. She's you know she's she's smart. She's compassionate. You know she's got yeah. many fine qualities. And uh, she goes, uh, "What do you think of me, Chuck?" And he, and he goes, uh, "You're a beautiful girl." <laughs> and she goes, "Is that all?" <laughs> and then he just doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Huh, what okay. A rat. Um, but anyway, so uh, you got these um, sentient prehistoric trees with uh, acid blood. That can melt through the floor. Wow. Sound familiar? A bit. Um, Alien. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is based on a story by Murray Leinstick with The Monster from Earth's End. And uh, I, I bet the story is much more interesting than the film turned out. Probably. Um, he's, he's Murray Leinster, he, he wrote tons of science yeah. fiction stories. Uh, he, he came up with the, the phrase first contact. Oh, okay. And he, he also christened uh, Thinking Machines Logic. Oh, okay. Logics. Um, you can hear it in some early Bowie songs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, before people were calling them computers. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that was another film I'd waited a long time to see, and it turned out to be pretty dull for the most part. Oh. <laughs> it's got some good uh, people being melted by acid. And, Ooh. Um, so and Mamie Van Doren. Sailor with an arm ripped off. Yeah, yeah. Mamie Van Doren. Uh, so I think, uh, oh yeah, Zombie Brigade, nineteen eighty eight. Ooh, it's an Australian zombie movie. Okay. Um, uh, this, this was on uh, Tubi. It's a pretty soft video, underlit version they've got. Yeah. Um, this is about some racist developers who do a deal with Japanese developers to build Robot Man Fun Park on the site of a Vietnam War cemetery. In Western Australia, so not far from where my brother lives. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, they throw a party with a bunch of racist whores and a band called Sons of Gums. Gums? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, they hold up these band names. Uh, this will give you an idea of the level of humour in this, this horror comedy. They've got these two band names that they're choosing which one they're going to go with. The other choice was Pack of Rapists. Are you sure that's not a weed strain? <laughs> wow. um, so the zombies are like uh, pasty-faced diggers and khaki clobber. Um, mostly have fangs. Um, a bunch of... Uh, this trio of dead aborigines are conjured up and they, they can kill the zombies with their spears. Um, huh. And this Singapore woman who's running around says they're Chongsi, so they're kind of like more undead vampire sort of creatures. Okay. Um, and then Uncle Charlie, the uh, the Aborigine shaman, he uh, he resurrects the uh, the ghosts of the World War Two veterans who are superior to Vietnam veterans, as you know. And yes, uh, the soldiers have a little fight and they shake hands, and they find the town is no longer to their liking. Huh. It now has like uh, places that serve sushi, and uh, they have video store 
Wow. <clears throat> One of the posters in the video store is for this movie. Okay, matter. Um, this is filmed in 2DA, Western Australia, 40 miles north of Perth. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. No, no, I'm no surprised it doesn't sound... to hear that. <laughs> and then here's another zombie one that was on the. This made it onto the uh, video nasty list. Uh, Toxic Zombies, 1980, Ooh. also known as Blood Eaters or Forest of Fear. Forest of Fear. Uh, this is another soft video. Uh, this is filmed in Pennsylvania. It's got uh, John Amplis in it as a Fed who looks like he's uh, he's like 18 years old. Uh, he, he was in Martin. Oh, okay. Um, you know, several Romero movies. Uh, so this one's about uh, there's this uh, there's a bunch of hippies who are who've got these like uh, pot crops out in the country, uh-huh. and the feds uh, spray them all with uh, something called Dromax, and uh, that turns them into zombies. Oh, so it's well, like yeah. it's like Paraquat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you take a drink every time one of the hippies says "Let's split," you'll be smashed. You'll be Ooh. so smashed. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the uh, director and star is Charles McCran, hmm. um, who uh, eventually was killed on the September 11th attack in the World Trade Center. <coughs> but uh, yeah, this this one this one has its moments. It has a good poster. I like the poster better. <laughs> uh, and then I saw the, the last George Ray Romero film I hadn't seen was uh, Bruiser from 2000 have you seen okay. this one? no no so this is one uh, where Jason Fleming plays this guy who um, everyone steps on him his wife his boss um, and pushes him around and, and he uh, then uh, one morning he wakes up and he's, he's just got this blank face he's just got like two uh, dots for the eyes and there's a slit for the mouth. Okay. And uh, and he's he starts taking revenge on um, you know people who wronged him. Um, so it's got this kind of easy dark side sort of story. Yeah. But it's all done in a really kind of dour, darkly lit way with like serious music. Um, so it's not really fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, I find it kind of dull, actually. Oh. <laughs> the worst sin a movie can commit. Yeah. Uh, so it's got Jason Fleming, Tom Atkins, and The Misfits. Really? Really. They do a gig. They have this, this is like Halloween party scene at the end. and They're, they're the band. Oh, good. Uh, do a few songs. Yeah. And then apart from that, saw Child Play. And this one. Yeah. Three from Hell. Um, Will, what about you? Um. Oh, last night I watched uh, Season of the Witch, the, the Romero Ni- one. Okay, not the Nicolas Cage one. No, God, no. We couldn't get through that. <clears throat> it was yeah. so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Season of the Witch, uh, the Romero version, a.k.a. Hungry Wives. I-, I remember liking that one. I really liked, yeah. It was really good. It'd be a great double bill with Martin. No mm. kidding. Mm-hmm. Or Marty or whatever. Is it Marty? Martin. 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 Martin's the honest, earnest book. That's mm-hmm. right. I always get them mixed up. So what year is this And as thing? Gene called it earlier, Gary. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> there, need, well, there needs to be a yeah, horror should be movie. A Gary. That, that movie Gary. Gary with the vampire? I'm like, you mean Martin? Well, there was a, there was a comic strip called Scary Gary. Was there? Yeah, it was about a vampire family that moves out to the suburbs. Hmm. And I think they try to fit in 
I met the guy uh, when we worked at the store. I met the guy ah. because he was in visiting Patty, who was yeah, almost. I mean, she was so close to getting her strip in the newspapers. Right when the newspapers were all shuttering mm-hmm. their windows and barring their doors. Hmm. What terrible timing! Yeah. So, so Gary. So we watched Gary <laughs> about a vampire, uh, George A. Romero. So, so season of the witch. What year is it's that? Seventy-two. Okay. Uh, it's very seventy-two. Is it witchy? Uh yeah, it's witchy. Good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's good. It's a suburban housewife who's pretty bored, uh, married to a, a jerk. You wonder why they got married. Wow. She has a kid who could care less. Um, and her kid's dating her professor or teacher. I'm not quite sure how old the daughter was. That old trope. In this, yeah. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's a hip new guy and he ends up, uh, with the mom in kind of a, uh, graduate sort of motif. Did you get the idea when you were younger that... If you wanted to get all the college girls when you were older, that you'd have to either be a photographer or a professor. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's a professor of photography. Ooh, yeah. There, there's no missing out then. No, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that I, is a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> right. I remember sewing leather patches on my elbows and carrying a camera around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't, man, didn't work. No, didn't work. <sighs> yeah, carrying a camera around was cool at one point in time. I guess. Uh, then we watched, I tried to watch something called Curtains. Oh, yeah. That was on uh, Prime. Yeah. Really dark copy. I'll lay it out for you. First scene, well, it's not the very first scene, but second scene in the movie. You're watching it. There's like three people in a room. And something yellow kind of floats down from the top. And you're like, well, what is that? And then you realize, oh, it's the boom mic, but they don't even have a black cover on it. They just have the yellow cover. And for the rest of the scene, it is bobbing up and down above the guy. I was like, this is so amateurish. I can't watch this. Wow. And then I watched Three from Hell. (laughs) Just to cheat yourself up. And I was like, what was I upset about a boom mic for? (laughs) It was also dull and... uh, Hard to see, I think, because it looked like a really bad copy. Did anyone get shot through the head with an arrow in that one? No. No, but somebody got shot in the face with a shotgun in Season of the Witch. Spoilers. Okay. I was just thinking, you know, there was one thing about Three from Hell. It wasn't dull in the scenes where, you know, Sherry Moon Zombie, I'm not going to even call her, what was her her character's baby? Where she's hunting people with a bow and arrow? No, this whole movie was a big steaming pile of shit. <laughs> with- Rob Zombie should be barred from making movies. <laughs> Videos, taking photographs, doodles. Describing things. Describing things, <laughs> telling stories, speaking. Uh, the man needs to be locked up. So what if all of his albums were instrumentals? Would that be okay? No. I don't mind his music. I don't mind his music, you know. Uh, They're only like four minutes long. Yeah, yeah. He's okay at four minutes or under. Okay. Um, He makes you long for the classiness of Marilyn Manson. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, 
Well, okay, let me do my recently watched, and then we'll talk more about Three from Hell. <laughs> Are you done with Three from, with, with your? Uh, no, we'll get back on uh, it. With your recently watched? Uh, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, I didn't get to watch much. Um, another one of those busy weekends, trying to get everything ready for the oncoming winter, and it felt like Saturday was some good progress, and then you make it sound like you know you're out there harvesting crops or something. Nah, not canning no. shit. Mostly trying to put things away on the patio so crazy shit won't happen with snow. But guess what? Crazy shit happened with wind. Oh, God. So everything got knocked over and blown around, and it's like, oh, it looks so nice. And it's like, oh, guess what? All your neighbors have trees, and here's their leaves. Oh. You're welcome. I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, wow, Richard doesn't have any trees anymore. Yeah. Um, I just have all my neighbor's trees. I guess so. So, yeah, that we had crazy wind here in Denver, and it just was mayhem. Um, that being the case, uh, yeah, Sunday wasn't entirely relaxing. Then I had a bunch of stuff I had to draw. Um, I did, while I was drawing, uh, put on an Elvira version of Night of Living Dead so I could see what kind of witticisms were going to be, uh, spewed during that. And I got to be honest with you, she wasn't very clever in that one. And I, and I started thinking, I don't really remember watching a lot of Elvira since becoming an adult. So maybe it was all like that. (laughs) She would pop into the screen and just say something and then disappear. And it usually wasn't that clever or that funny. So uh, I figured, you know what, it's I'm mostly not going to be looking at the screen and then uh, Night of Living Dead. Okay, so I know this movie front and back. So fine, whatever. Um, she didn't have anything witty to say when Ben got shot in the fucking head, though. So there's that. Um, spoilers for Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Zombie Nightmare by your recommendation. Oh, yes. Uh, wow, Thor. I, I took me a minute. It's like, why is it? That guy looks like, he, oh, he's just not blonde. But mm-hmm. that is Thor. Yep. Okay, we're good to go. Uh if you thought anything you watched was amateurish, you'd have been praying for a boom mic to knock someone out in this movie. It was bad. Oh, I've seen this movie. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know Zombie Nightmare. Yeah. Front and back. It's crap. And a couple episodes. Still better than Three from Hell. <laughs> yeah. A couple episodes of Big Mouth. I, I like in Zombie Nightmare that like uh, police stations and things are, are represented by a desk in the corner and a flag or something. You're just like those really <laughs> yes. cheap 50s films. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. There is a moment in Three from Hell that's a lot like that, though. They, uh, at the beginning, they, uh, somewhere near the beginning, they show the prison that a. Uh, Sherry Moon is right, in, right. and the outside looks like a high school. Yeah. They're like, that's not a prison. <laughs> no, I think I have your information here. Uh, let's see. It was filmed at uh, the Sybil Brand Institute in Los Angeles, a decommissioned women's prison, believe it or not. That was one of the filming locations. So maybe the, ex- right. maybe the exterior shot was actually a high school. I don't know. It sure um, looked like it. Yeah. yeah didn't match the interior that's for sure no no it didn't seem like it um a couple new episodes of big mouth were the only other things i watched um and uh if you haven't watched that cartoon it's a lot of fun i've not watched it yet okay well i think you might enjoy there's it. too much there's yeah. too much to watch there's a lot of content out there and how do you we know. keep watching stuff i can't that's watch so, it all that's so bad you know oh i watched el camino 
Oh yeah, that that was on my list too. Yeah. Uh, w- what did you think of it? I liked it a lot. I'm glad Jesse got a a good send off. I felt he got kind of cheated in the last season of Breaking Bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, for listeners who haven't watched it, we won't spoil it. Uh, but Jesse, it's just like a Jesse centric episode that's two hours long. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it. Everything looked and felt just like Breaking Bad should you know uh-huh. look like and feel like. And uh, the only thing is, they didn't really bother to de-age him or any of the other guys. I didn't. Bo- it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me either. It's kind of like um, Joaquin Phoenix having that scar on his lip. They didn't try to patch that over to have him play Johnny Cash, and it didn't matter. So I yeah. kind of felt the same way about this. It's like they're acting through it. Yes, everybody's ten or twelve years older, which makes a bigger difference between ages twenty-seven and thirty-seven than it does, you know. At, at a different age bracket. Yeah. But as far as being able to tell that they've aged that aside, uh, everything was pretty awesome. It was, yeah. they, they filled in a lot of blanks. They really let you know that Jesse Plemons's character, um, Todd, Todd, the, math Damon, <laughs> math Damon. Yes. Uh, that he really was that much of a simpleton and a weirdo. In case you really wondered if he was, oh, you find out that he really is. What a oh, yeah! What a simpleton weirdo. <sighs> so El Camino uh, definitely uh, w- was worth it for Breaking Bad fans, as, as far as I know. I mean, uh, as far as I know, everybody liked it, but yeah, we did. So yeah, that and was a send off for Robert Forrester. He oh. died the day it was released. Yeah. Wow. That's just crazy. That's how bad the movie was. Killed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah. Yeah. Max Cherry. Max Cherry, yeah. <laughs> For anyone. Love that movie. Oh, man. Jackie Brown is great. So, recently watched was that, and of course, Three from Hell. Guys, do you want, do you want to hear what the critics said about it? Oh, boy. They're okay. It's divided evenly. Oh, go on, go on. Then. Okay. People loved it or hated it. And uh, I was entertained by it, and I enjoyed it. I'm guilty of that. But um, it holds a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not surprising. Um, that's only four reviews. <sighs> I don't but, know. Uh, that's like 47% higher than I would have given it. Um, let's see. This could be a three. <laughs> well, Scout Tafoya from RogerEbert.com. Oh, she gave- loved it. Gave it four out of four stars, calling it Rob Zombie's most earnest and laid-back nightmare yet. So, was it earnest? Earnest and laid-back nightmare. Uh, how do you have earnest those, and laid-back? go together. <laughs> earnest and laid-back? If a nightmare is earnest and laid-back, is it a good nightmare? Yeah. Yeah. What's a laid-back nightmare? <laughs> That's a great question. Other than a Jimmy Buffett concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny um that fucking song came on the radio when i was driving home and laid I back sh- nightmare <laughs> yeah in margaritaville <laughs> yeah i changed the station immediately as soon as i hear the just the opening notes i'm like click yeah um terrible let's see uh Sean Garrett of Rumorg, which is, you know, of course, a horror magazine, um, while conceding that there were no surprises here, enjoyed the film. Uh, Cody Hammond 
from JoeBlow.com gave the film a favorable score of 7 out of 10. Hammond found the film to be an unnecessary sequel, but enjoyed the film in hopes that someone will give Rob Zombie the funding he needs to branch out and do something different with his next movies. I hope someone pokes his eyes out. (laughs) We'll put that in laurel leaves on the back of the video box. Kevin Smith called it Horror Heaven. What the fuck? How? He made Tusk. Don't listen to him. Did we watch the same movie? (laughs) Common criticism was that the film was a repeat of the previous films. Really? Uh, Forbes said the main actors all three deserve better than requel hell. There were three actors in this? (laughs) Minimum three. Um, Megan Navarro of Consequences of Sound, or I'm sorry, Consequence of Sound, said, Having been down these exact same roads before the climax is bereft of any tension and stakes by the end, the, by the time the credit and, uh, the, by the time the end credits roll, you feel it. Uh, the AV clubs, you AA. Dow- <laughs> yeah, I felt it. All right. The AV clubs, AA Dowd found the film unnecessary, giving it a D plus and calling it a slow death by nostalgia. Okay. Two more. John Squires of Bloody Disgusting uh, continued the criticism, said the sequel didn't need to be made, uh, giving it one and a half skulls out of five, saying three from hell is proof that sometimes in horror, dead is really is better. And Comics, yeah. comics Beat reviewer Edward Douglas called the film easily the worst film of the year. Yes. I don't think he gets out much, because I've seen a lot worse. But What? Of this year? I don't know. That came out this year. Name one. <laughs> I don't know. There was a lot of shit. <laughs> really? Maiden this year. I'm not saying you know, you watch whatever on, on Netflix, uh, but... A new movie made in 2019. Made in 2019. That or released was, in 2019. Uh, released okay. in 2019 that was worse than Three from Hell. Okay, let's just, let's just go. New <laughs> releases. All right. I'm glad that's clicking like that. Yeah. Theatrical. Uh, yeah. Theatrical releases? Okay. Yeah. This got a three-day release. We'll call it theatrical. All right. So you can't pop up with some Bigfoot movie on Tubi. (laughs) Bigfoot haunted clock. Ooh. Bigfoot spirit is in a haunted clock that communicates with a doll. Okay. Let's see. And it's all Uh, filmed with a drone. My brain is bleeding. Okay. Still better than Three from Hell. You know what? That Jason movie we watched, that fan movie, was better than Three from Hell. (laughs) All right. We got that. Um, I did not see the remake of What Men Want. I assume that's terrible. You can't Uh, assume these things. What movies you've watched this year put out this year that were worse than Three from Hell? (laughs) Mm, still looking. I don't uh, think you can do it. He's desperate uh, now. Okay. Just just going to have to look. You watched uh, Midsummer, by the way, didn't you? Yeah. Pet, yeah, Pet you, Cemetery? You, you like that one. I liked Midsummer quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. How about- it, was, uh, it was like a Swedish cannibal holocaust right, kind right. of thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the idiots go out to this, you know strange culture and yes they're supposed to be kind of primitive but <laughs> so, yeah i watched it and i thought it 
I, for me, uh, having seen Cannibal Holocaust and Wicker Man and all those, it yeah. didn't add anything. No, no. Um, but uh, I, I can imagine if you were new to it, that would be really good. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Right. I think I mentioned it when I talked about watching it, that it was strange it had like no tension in the horror parts, mm. but the tension light lay between the two characters and their awful relationship you know and then later learning that it's uh it's a breakup movie it was like oh it all comes together because yeah when i walked out from it i was kind of like did i like it and the more i thought about it the more i liked it Mm -hmm. the more i liked you know just how it kind of contained the same elements of hereditary but right turned in different ways it was kind of like oh these are his kind of little toys he likes to play with these are the ideas he likes to mix you know cults and you know hidden secrets and yeah the, yeah. the cult is kind of he likes like that 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 um uh family imploding sort of dynamic and the cult is the larger yeah family but, uh, yeah I, I like that one too yeah i thought it was really good i want to see the uh, director's cut oh uh, there's an even longer one yeah there's a longer one even though it i don't think it needs it but i just like to see it you know, um, yeah, I think it deserved its length because you, you know you're hanging out with, yeah, getting into this world they're in. And I thought the uh, some of the mushroom stuff looked oh, with all the bending. Yeah, it was really great. It was so subtle when, when, and sometimes I like that when she was in the flower throne and all the individual flowers were moving about. Yeah, that was great. You know. Uh, yeah, and yeah, if you've seen The Wicker Man, it's nothing new, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. I thought the the uh, the acting was really well, but the characters are still the same sort of horror movie <laughs> ciphers. Like you don't ever know really know who these people are, or why <laughs> they act the way they do. Really, you yeah. kind of get a bit of it with the girl, and uh, I don't remember what her name was, but yeah, and uh, I. Uh... I was kind of like drumming my fingers, and the first ten minutes was all. I, I, I thought, oh, they're going to be on the phone for the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, it is kind of it felt like lazy writing when you you introduce the main character because she's on the phone and you know the laptop and so on. Yeah, and and then you get the camera going along the wall, and it's got all the photos up there. You know, like I've never seen someone's house where they actually have that. Where yeah, you, where you can pan across a room and have their entire family. Their, yeah, and their whole life <laughs> on the wall lined up. But, you yeah, know, it, it's shorthand, you know, so it works. But um, uh, but after that, there's only one character who had a phone, I think. Yeah, yeah, the kid, the the jerk who pees on the tree. <laughs> I think he has his phone for a little bit. Yeah, and the, the uh, and the guy who's invest, who's actually the anthropologist, is yeah, looking at them, but. Um, yeah, I, I quite liked it. After yeah, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought the opening was pretty, uh, pretty creepy, and and uh, yeah, once she gets off the phone, when she gets off the phone, yeah, the yeah, parents and everything. the parents and all that. Yeah, that scene was like, wow, what the, what am I watching here? <laughs> this is crazy. I'm I'm excited to see what he comes up with next. Mm-hmm. I hope he sticks with horror, but if he doesn't, oh well. Still like to see what he comes up with. Um, yeah, that was one of the good ones this year. There, uh, Jordan Peele's producing a Candyman. Ooh. Uh, uh, 
and what's his name's coming back? It's Candyman. Tony Todd? Tony Todd, yeah. Awesome. So I will absolutely watch the hell out of that. Yeah, and then Cronenberg has a Netflix, uh, I believe it's Netflix, has a, a short uh, series he's putting out based on uh, the book he wrote a while ago. I, now the title just went right out of my head. Wow. Hmm. Combustible that's a, or something. That's exciting. And yeah. then I, I did see... Uh, a preview for that Robert Eggers um, Lighthouse movie that's being released very soon. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Well, Will, I'm afraid you're right. There wasn't anything that was worse. Than uh, Three from Hell? No, well, you know what? You guys hated that Hellboy, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't like that one. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd still like it better than Three from Hell. Really? It was still better than Three from Hell. I, so I don't watch the Medea movies, but there's a Medea movie that came out. You know what? I watch all of the Medea movies before I watch Three from Hell again. How about a remake of uh, What Men Want? I don't even know what the original What Men Want was, but put them both on. We'll watch them back to back before I watch Three from Hell. One of them's got Mel Gibson in it. That's okay. The other one's got Tracy Morgan in it. Tracy Morgan's pretty good. Uh-huh. He's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, He's better than Rob Zombie. Happy Death Day to you. Saw that. Yeah. Was that good? Yeah. Uh, well, um, I, It was like a weird sci-fi. Yeah, it wasn't... wasn't it wasn't horrific, really horror. Uh, it's got, you know, she's fun. Yeah. So, how about that Lego, that Lego movie? Which one? There's a new one. Did the one come out this year? Oh, Lego Movie Two. Yeah, Lego Movie Two. I didn't see it. Okay, that might be worse. Uh, I doubt it. Yeah, they. <laughs> yeah, after the first one, they've. I've. I've not liked them, so I didn't bother. Because they they dropped the the brothers who who made the first one so good. Yeah, yeah the, the the writers they dropped them, and since then they've not been good. Pet Cemetery, the remake. Did that come out this year or last year? Yeah, that was early this year. Yeah, that was this year. Uh, it was unnecessary. I didn't like it. Still better than Three from Hell. So if I if I waved both movies in front of you and said you have to pick one and what? Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Okay. Um. Yeah. I guess I got nothing. All right. You're you're right, Will. <laughs> Uh, I see a lot of stuff that looks like it could suck, but I, d- I haven't seen it or, yeah. or know anyone who has. John Three Wick. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, he I, I reviewed I, that last week. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just looking at the posters. I, I, I John really Three that. Wick. Yeah. <laughs> I still wish it was Keanu Reeves making candles. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Book smart. Well, I got a 7.3. Uh, I don't know that, but it was probably better than Three from Hell. Dark Phoenix? Oh, didn't see it, but uh, yeah, um, we watched it, and uh, yeah, it's mostly enjoyable. Emily said it's just unfocused. Mm. Um, there's a, a lot of characters. Yeah, she's I've... she's kind of sidelined again in her own story. That always happens in Jean yeah, Grey's story, right? She's never like, I don't know given any real agency or anything she's just oh my god we're i'm gonna be crazy and so, so like kill it, everyone it drops all this all the uh you know you, you know the original yeah story so you get like a, there's one alien race but they just like look and dress like normal people well that's so that, cheap so all you end up with is like a bunch of mutants chucking around these stunt people still better than kind of three from hell <laughs> yes <laughs> It's got good eye candy in it. Yeah, Three from Hell didn't have any of that. 
so that that additional Annabelle movie that came out this year. No, seen it. Annabelle comes home. Sure, why not? Let's watch that. <laughs> okay. Um, so we didn't though, and we did watch Three from Hell, guys. Uh, three from Hell. Three from Hell. Okay. What were the problems with the movie? Uh, where, where does it start for you when you when you turn the thing on and you go, all right, where are we going with this? We got some Manson esque, some Charles Manson esque uh, scenarios of the. Well, first off, okay. you get a credit that says Three from Hell, and then some bullet shots come through it, and it looks like a. I don't know, like somebody animated it in, in Flash and about 30 minutes before the movie was slapped together. Okay. Uh, and then you get, I think, a drone shot. Ooh, drone shot? Yeah. Oh, I, I love a you good get some drone, drone shot. Going over the road. Yeah, going over the road. And then you end up in prison. You get Sid Haig for about a minute. Uh. Best part of the movie, even though he looks like he died two days ago. Uh, yeah, he poor was, man. He was, he not, was well. not looking well at all. No. Um, and then that's it. And you realized very quickly Sid Haig was the only reason you liked House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> <laughs> and that watching Rob Zombie remake uh, Devil's Rejects. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just slightly different. Little yeah, bit different. It's like Devil's Rejects without the ending. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I felt like I kept watching. It was like I haven't seen Devil's Rejects since it came out. I didn't care for it as much. I like House of a Thousand Corpses. I thought that was a a kind of fun throwback. Yeah, grindhouse thing. I don't remember quite what I didn't like about Devil's Rejects. I just remember it felt kind of like it went on too much. Uh, there were parts of it was okay, but I didn't hate it. But it wasn't my favorite. People, you know, I know a couple of people really love that movie. Um, this, what? I kept thinking, haven't I seen this before? Didn't I see this before? <laughs> now, let, let's be honest. House of a Thousand Corpses was a funhouse, crazy, weirdo thing with a lot of murders and a lot of crazy people who were just doing awful shit. Yeah. Uh, but it was... It was over the top and crazy. Yeah, and it was it was uh, I don't know. It worked. It worked because I, I think it was the first time. It just yeah, know, it was a big long Rob Zombie movie or uh, Rob Zombie video. You're like, okay, I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's all right. And and then uh, Devil's Rejects was a crime movie, not a horror movie, really, if you look at it. And uh, but you still got lots of Sid Haig really leaning into this Captain Spaulding character and letting you know how dangerous and deadly he is. Yeah. And how literally nobody in this movie gives a fuck about human life. They are dangerous and awful and they will kill. Yeah. You felt a lot of threat. Like every time that Otis was on screen, you know, he was going to probably murder somebody. Yeah. And uh, the fact that anybody could have a conversation with him and not end up dead was kind of amazing. Um so I look at those as being the horror movie and then the crime movie. And then I'm not sure what this one was trying to be. Yeah. Um, is it a greatest hits? Um, minus the greatest hit, which was Sid Haig, you know, and that's the, that's it's the like t- a really shitty cover band with maybe 
the second drummer that was in the band, not the original. Okay. Maybe a fill-in. Right. You know, he appeared on some of the tracks of the album before his drug habit forced him out of the band. Right. I felt, you know, I felt that my biggest problem with Three From Hell was a lack of peril. I didn't really feel like... Like, there was a big threat for the characters. I didn't feel like I necessarily wanted to cheer them on. I did want to see where they went next and what they did next, because it might be entertaining. And I did get entertained by some of it. But my main issues with it um, were really just writing more than anything. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, that being said, uh, you know, props to... uh, Sid Haig for the awesome job he did in the first two movies, and what a what a sad shortchanging uh, for the, the viewers for this movie, because you thought, oh, they're going to give him something to do, whether it's just dialogue, whether he actually looks like he's going to murder somebody or not. The dialogue could carry something, and it really was just like a couple of scenes where he's just kind of scolding the camera, and then, well, Captain Spaulding was killed by lethal injection. See you later. Yeah, that disappointed me. Yeah. Um, but he did such a great job in the first two movies and, and a lot of other stuff he was in. So, you know, uh, he will be missed for sure. He's already missed when you watch this. <laughs> yeah. um, and Richard Brake did a good job being crazy in 31 because he plays Doomhead uh, in that uh. movie. But uh, he didn't have a whole lot to do after breaking them out of jail and helping them do hostage stuff. He was just a fill-in, really. His character was just yeah. filling in for Captain Spaulding. Well, he, he lusts after a baby in a way that Captain Spaulding didn't. Oh, yeah, that, that would be true, too. Because um, Captain Spaulding really was not concerned with her at all, mm. it seemed. Of course, uh, he had... Was he concerned with anybody? Uh, briefly with Ginger Lynn, but uh, outside of that, it was just mainly concerned with people he was going to kill. Yeah. Or, you know, scare half to death. Um, so, yeah, th- what I, that's what I didn't like about the movie. What I did like about the movie is that there were some interesting kills. There were some, you know, funny lines, but um, uh, that wasn't... I don't remember any of that. That wasn't enough to carry the... What was an interesting kill in this? A baby with her bow and arrow was pretty fun. How about when she's, she, she's on top of the sideboard and she draws an arrow on the... On the thug who comes in the room yeah mm-hmm. and you can see the arrows just halfway back but she still manages to put it through his skull hey, yeah that's definitely a, that's an issue i felt like 30 uh luchadors got out this you know whatever they were called uh black satan black satans yeah yeah they got out of the van but then then there was like four of them. Then there were like four of them, and then it was over. And you're like, wait, where did yeah. all the rest of them go? Yeah, I thought it was going to be uh, his tribute to uh, the Wild Bunch, where they, they end up in Mexico and all die in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. I was so hoping that someone would come along and wipe these people out. Oh, me too. I was rooting for the luchadors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Ugh, just, just dreadful. It felt like a 14-year-old wrote it. Did well, you, did you notice when in the opening montage where um, they show the diagram of where uh, baby's been shot, and all they do is they take the the drawings of uh, a woman's proportions from the Andrew Loomis book? Oh yeah, and and put some dots in there. Oh really? Did I didn't notice it? that. Oh man, uh, I liked how 
she was up per, for parole from death row. Yes. How the fuck does that happen? Was she on death row? Yes. At the first, they put them all on death row. She was on death row, and then all of a sudden, she's at a parole hearing. I'm like, what? Rob Zombie, do you have any idea how anything works? <laughs> it really was. It was like a 14-year-old hey, wrote a he, movie. He kept the, he kept the boom <laughs> mic out of the picture. He did, okay? That's because the camera's like in everyone's face. You couldn't yeah. see the You couldn't see <laughs> anything. See the wall was letting out the boom mic. <sighs> um, yeah, but on, as, as you were saying, like... Uh, uh, I just didn't feel that anyone in this movie was a human being. No. So it, I kind of accepted that because that's the aesthetic, you know, it's just everything's grimy and everyone's trying to kill each other. And Yeah. Uh, uh, that's just, that just seems to be part of the aesthetic. No one talks like an actual person. Yeah. The only person, the only character I thought who had recognizable human feelings was uh, Sebastian. The, you know, the guy with the eye patch yeah yeah at the end he, he, yeah he was he yeah have, uh, and know, then he feelings. got killed yeah and you're like oh man he well, was he was he was little hitler in 31 <clears throat> you should see 31 oh i couldn't get into no, it no you'll hate it i couldn't get into <laughs> it i just, couldn't get into lords of satan you will, or lords of salem you will hate 31 if you ever watch it oh it looked awful based uh, on the trailer I say we drop the boom mic just above Will's head and sit him down and watch 31 and just record him. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> I, I, right. I noticed a uh, Judas Priest t-shirt. Yeah, there. British Steel. British Steel. Hell yeah. 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 <laughs> With a razor. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. I meant to mention that too. Um, Rob, you got me there. You just tugging on my heartstrings with the old Judas Priest shirts, man. What a great band. Okay, here's, here's another uh, uh, cardinal sin of a movie, is to remind you of other movies that you'd rather be watching. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, uh, what this you... movie has uh, the uh, Lon Chaney Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yep, that's right. Okay. This movie actually made me want, uh, made me think I'd rather be watching Bela Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you that's, know what? That's got fake Jerry Lewis in it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that kid looked and sounded uh, just like Sammy him. Sammy Petrillo, I think. Yep, yeah, Sammy Petrillo. Wow, I was on his Facebook f- fan club for a while. Oh, were you? Is he yeah. still alive, or was he still alive? I don't know if he's still alive, but oh. somebody's got a Sammy Petrillo uh, Facebook page that they've just uh, posted a bunch of like news articles from him from throughout his life. So they <laughs> get progressively sadder. Well, sure. If all you're well, good. Speaking of which, I wanted to see Mr. Baggy Bridges. Oh, Clint Howard. Okay. Yeah. What the fuck was that? He shows up and then he's killed and you're just yeah, like. Yeah. He just comes into the house. I didn't know. I had to back it up. Why? I was like, did I miss a part? Did they call him? <laughs> I didn't. I felt like maybe I blacked out in part of the movie and he just showed up. There was also that scene with the cat dancing when. Oh yeah, she's I down in that the, bit. Uh, I I like that bit because it, it was so weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was just surreal. Yeah, and they were like, "Well, okay, it's over, I guess." That was, you know. So and we talk about, you know, nobody was believable in this, and I don't mind movies that are everybody's a cartoon character, uh-huh. you know, and unbelievable situations. But fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't really get on board with the character of baby going crazy when she is batshit crazy before this movie even starts like her character unwatchable yeah her character was ridiculously crazy in the first two movies 
And so to say, oh, she's really losing it is like, so what else has she got? Yeah, she's she's lost. Is she getting saner? Yeah. I mean, that would be an interesting thing if she went in prison and had some, you know, good quality alone time and, be, you know, or saw the prison shrink and became normal. Or maybe she became more like Captain Spaulding and not just a poorly acted harlequin yeah <laughs> okay exactly. there you go she was yeah. it was so she's good at other things yeah I, yeah i don't know I, I, if i'd go that movie, far but this movie was mm. really she's been passable in other things i'd say I thought she was good in the halloween movies yeah okay yeah at least she was playing to her character so mm. well sure <laughs> but yeah this one it's it's like if you did have her become the voice of reason for the other two crazy characters, that would be interesting. Yeah. I, I, I could get on board with that for sure. But it's saying that, you know, she's crazier now and, and uh, she's too unstable and we got to get her to Mexico. You know, God's blind spot. Mexico. Huh. So there's, yeah. what are you going to do? But, Does Rob Zombie hate Mexicans? I'm just going to ask. I wonder. I don't know. Uh, he sure, sure killed a lot of them in this movie. I don't know. And uh, Danny Trejo, he killed him off in this movie. Yeah. That was the real sin of this movie. Kill- Danny Trejo should have killed all of them at the beginning, and then, I don't know. Why not have him be the one that joins them? Because they could not afford Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> they could afford Danny Trejo for the five minutes they had him in this movie. Because this movie cost nothing. Could you see his suitcase sticking out from behind some yeah, scenery? Yeah, he had like the plane tickets stuck in the front pocket, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, just go. No, go. Okay, I gotta go. <laughs> Let's do another take. Nope." He's in the car, he's driving off, <laughs> waving out of the window of the Uber. <laughs> You're supposed to be a prisoner. You can't just wear your street clothes. Whatever, just just go. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're just gonna CG the prison uniform over it. Yeah, yeah. That did you notice that? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, okay. So man, terrible use of of, uh, of a really fun actor. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, and, and did you notice D Wallace was in it? Yeah, yeah. Or Greta. Yeah, she was buried. She really was. I did not recognize her till the credits, and yeah. then I was like. Wait, where was D. Wallace in this? And I had to go look her up. Yeah, it, it took me a couple of uh, a couple of scenes with her before I went. Oh, there she is! Because I knew she was in this and was looking for her as well. And uh, yeah, they didn't give her enough to do. That was she was poorly underused, and it wasn't that she didn't get screen time. It just wasn't an interesting character that no. had much to do. Um, sending in the goons to kill baby in, in whatever room. Uh, and then having her end up killing the two of them. Um, uh, saw that one coming. It wasn't surprising. Yeah. Um, it, that could have been more interesting somehow. <clears throat> like, I don't know how, but it could have been better. Anything. Anything <laughs> could have been better than this. <laughs> the mummy was better than this. Oh my God, really? Yeah. You mean 2017? 2017. Fuck mummy. <laughs> 2017 uh or whatever we called it wow have you watched that again i've not but i'm gonna go home and watch and i bet it's better than three from hell is this gonna be three from hell it just felt like uh 
It was so low budget and so poorly written. And if Rob Zombie had something interesting going on with his mm-hmm. life, if some bit of his psyche came out onto the film where you were like, this is a fucked up dude and he's got some real issues here. But it's interesting to watch. I could get behind it. But he's got nothing. He's got nothing. He's got no ideas. He's got nowhere to go. Nothing to tell us. He just likes hillbillies and Charles Manson. Grit. Yeah, Charles Manson. Uh, this movie really, you know, all the lines from Otis. Yeah. Um, really play differently if you've watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because, well, I won't give it away, but Tex Watson has some lines in there that they make fun of. And now you watch this and you're like, yeah, Manson's not scary. The Manson family, these lines are kind of goofy. I kept waiting for Brad Pitt to show up and beat the shit out of these people. (laughs) (sighs) So we probably don't need to go on about this movie forever, do we? Uh, we could go on more. I could do, let's see you know, what else. Well, it went on too long. Uh, how long was the thing? It was almost uh, two hours long. Oh, yeah. Was it really? I was checking the time at half an hour in. Oh yeah. Were you doing the ironing? Oh, I, I should have. I wish. I should have. It just like the thrill of ironing. Ugh. <laughs> it drug and drug and drug. Ooh, 115 minutes. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's it, almost two hours. Wow. And. It just felt like it was like one horrible thing after another. Yeah, but it's just like how how do we make people yell at each other and swear and, and possibly kill each other in this scene, and then we'll do another one, which is pretty much the same thing. Yeah, if he did something different in there, something with that, just felt like what are you doing with this movie? Yeah, everything that was good about um, Otis's character, it just didn't feel like. It felt like fanfic of the first two movies. Yeah. Like, maybe Rob Zombie's just a fan of himself. Oh, maybe. He's writing his own fanfic? That could be what it is. Ooh, that's bad. Um, when you're writing your own fanfic, stop. Yeah. I mean, I was entertained by this, and I can't Ooh. really... I can't, so I can't, what, what were you entertained by? I can't believe that. <laughs> I guess because I was sitting down and watching a movie. I don't know. Well, I just, so was I. <laughs> Yeah, but there was nothing entertaining about this. And I've watched some sick stuff that I've been entertained by. It wasn't like I coming, you know, at this from any moral standpoint or anything. It's just, it was dull and that's the worst sin. Yeah, it's just boring crap. Yeah, there was a hostage situation with the, uh, with the uh, warden. Now, I can't say that I really felt the tension on that scene. No, I didn't feel any tension in that. You were like, oh, they're all dead. They're and dead. then he, they let him go to get Baby out. Yeah, right. And I, again, I don't expect movies to be, you know, realistic. Uh, but why didn't he go call the cops? Uh-huh. Why does he just go to the prison and get her and then take him back? Why does he... All he needs to do is leave that note on his desk. Yeah. Yeah, just have a tactical team through the door. Exactly, you know, and then you have a big shootout. Then, yeah, instead of a clown, yeah, yeah. Because that's what I thought when the clown came through the door. I thought, oh, he's he's like diverting them from something else. Maybe it's another group of maniacs. Yeah, Uh, something. Something's great, but is he just a clown that That just showed up again? I feel like there was something missing that cut something out where they 
they called a party clown to come over or he got the wrong yeah. address, something. Like, you, I maybe, felt like that. Maybe there's a longer director's cut. Oh, let's hope. <laughs> the three and a half hour version of Three from Hell. Three and a half from Hell. Three and a half hours from Hell. Three from Hell with a little three. Like, oh. like Alien 3. Oh, oh, yeah. Three from Hell cubed. Yeah. I did also wonder that. Like, why did Mr. Baggy Britches show up? It had to have been a wrong address. We don't know. He like, just did it because why not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was to sort of shoehorn Clint Howard into the movie. Cause and give him a vehicle. Yeah, that too. Yeah, now the vehicle didn't look like anything particularly interesting, did it? No, it was just no. a Volkswagen with the baggy bridges sticker on. Yeah. Uh, it, now, if it had a big clown head on it or it was polka dotted, that would have been kind of funny, actually. It should have been an impossibly small clown car. Yeah, Rob yeah. Zombie, do Dragula the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Someone give him money to make Dragula the movie. Yeah. Yeah, whatever Dragula means to him. Make that. I could see that. No, no more Rob Zombies. <laughs> He's on the list. <laughs> Is he on the list with Frankenstein? He's on the list with Frankenstein. I'm, nothing I've noticed. Um, this was really willing to go, you know, it's just trying to shock you or whatever all the time. Yeah. With, with uh, people being killed, people cussing, saying awful things. Yeah. When it comes to sex, it gets really squeamish. Uh-huh. The guys will keep their underpants on. Yeah. Okay. You know, even though they're continuing their orgy into the next day. Yeah. They will keep their underpants on. She goes to sleep by herself. Yeah. He's not willing to go there. Mm-mm. Hmm. No, yeah. He, that's that's part of his boredom with his... Yeah, that's... Is that too human? Maybe. People enjoying sex? People enjoying sex, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. That's a, that's a whole different topic that... I've noticed that movies have really pushed sex way to the side. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's because people don't go to the movies for titillation anymore. There was mm -hmm. a pun there. but Yeah. Uh, because it's all on the internet? What is it? But movies seem to be really shy about sex do you think anymore. It's, do you think it's a, a lot of people don't want to be... Um looked at as the next Harvey Weinstein, even if they're not being like him. Yeah. Maybe. That might just have everybody. But I feel like it goes a little further back than, than me too. But I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's strange. It seems like any, any sort of sex is kind of, you know, uh, downplayed, downplayed, you know, yeah. I know one of the little, uh, viewer reviews I read on IMDB was like, I can't believe he had a naked woman in this. <laughs> I, that was just so unnecessary. That's the thing that shocked them. Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck?" He went really. He went there. He went there. He had a naked woman he stabbed on the lawn. It wasn't the stabbing though. Natural human activity. Yeah. Oh, 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 the naked woman ran down the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was, uh, you know, fully nude. And they were like, "That was so unnecessary." <laughs> yeah, I actually had forgotten about that till you just mentioned it. Well, because um, it was just like the scene from. Uh, from uh from the one before didn't Devil's they do, Rejects. yeah didn't they do the same sort of thing where they chase somebody down stab them on the lawn and there's some guy watching and there was one where they tied some skinned face to a woman and set her free to run screaming down and she got hit by a truck oh that's right yeah that was pretty awful too um that see that's that's where Devil's Rejects went too far 
and it was like, holy crap, I just saw something that went too far. And, uh, you know, they cut someone's face off, tied it to her and sent her running and she got hit by a truck. That's just awful. Yeah. This movie was like, uh, what could we do that would be similarly awful to that? And there, you know. I, it was just so uh, flat and dead to me. Like uh, Midsummer has those really gruesome bits in it and they're yeah. awful. Yeah. Uh, this one is just, uh, you're, you're just just ready for it. Um, or, you generally are in horror movies. You know, It doesn't work as well as a, a standard drama movie yeah, which has yeah. violence in it. But um, this one, it, it just felt... It just felt flat. It's to me. totally flat. Yeah, totally flat. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of killing. There was a lot of killing. I didn't care about any mm-hmm. of it. Okay, there was yeah. none of it that was like interesting or I felt tension before you know it happened. Anything. It was just like okay. Here we go again. Well, we we were, and getting- then everybody who swore in it s- sounded so unnatural for some reason. I found, at least at the beginning, like it sounded really forced when Otis was calling everybody a motherfucker. I, just, I, you know what? It did not sound natural. It just it sound all the dialogue sounded like a fourteen year old wrote it. I you did know, a G fourteen yeah. year old. I did notice his overuse of motherfucker. You know, it was it, yeah, and Sam Jackson could use it every other phrase, and it doesn't really, you know, grate on you. But every time Otis said it, it sounded like he was really forcing himself to say it. Well, he does have an Ivy League education, so oh. maybe it's hard for him as an actor to really mean it when he says it. But he did say some awful stuff. He did say some awful stuff in Devil's Rejects, and it sounded like this guy's nuts, and he really means it. Yeah, I just don't think he was into it, and I think. Sherry Moon zombie is so cringy that oof. Oh. I had a hard time watching her scenes. Yeah, her trying to play her kooky, crazy character even crazier. Just again, yeah. I would have rather seen her go sane. Well, I, as as Will said, she was doing Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't like that character. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well. Um, oh, and of course uh, the uh, the. The cute wink of uh, calling uh, a character Rondo after obviously Rondo Hatton. Oh yeah, Rondo Greta. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harper. I bet that was another one. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's all the all the winks and nudges and nods that we get, um, which are unnecessary. And I would have not really have <clears throat> picked up on the um, the Marx Brothers names except for they spoon fed that to us in the second movie. Yeah. The Otis Driftwood and all that stuff. Those are from mm-hmm. Duck Soup or something. Yeah. Captain yeah. Spaulding. Yeah. Those are all... Uh, Captain Firefly. Yeah. Those are all... Uh, Groucho characters. Yeah. I, I couldn't ID the Stooges film because I, I don't really know the Stooges, but... Oh, yeah. Um, I think the Brain That Wouldn't Die, they show clips of that. Yeah. That was another one. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever yeah. seen that one. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. that is a good one. Yeah, you see that imagery all the time, but I don't, I don't think I've ever seen the movie. Oh, it, look, a woman's head sticking through a table. Yeah, and that, and that kind of conehead creature. That's, uh-huh, yeah, yeah that's, that's got like one mutant arm and then one normal <laughs> arm. So we, we always get to this point where, you know, it's like pretty clear 
whether someone's going to say they recommend it or they don't. Um, I probably don't even need to ask you guys if you recommend it or not. But I highly recommend it. <laughs> strangely, Will recommends Grab it. Grab it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say if you're a Rob Zombie fan and you want to be the completionist and watch all of his stuff, yeah. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Stop giving your money to him. You don't have to do this to yourself. You can't stop. Yeah. Quit enabling him, man. But um, I I think... Rob. Rob, the 90s are over, man. I I think people who like the whole shocking thing, like the deliberately trying to shock you thing... But that's the thing. I'm not shocked. It it doesn't... this, This is a movie that came out now which feels like it was written 25 years ago during the time when people were referencing movies from 25 years before that. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. It feels, it's not shocking. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not easily think shocked. Of the, think of, uh, I'm going to, I mean, maybe this is a bit of a spoiler, but Hereditary with the head hitting the telephone pole yeah. bit. Think how shocked you were in that. And then the dullness that this movie was. Yeah, yeah, that's true. To, to a Rob Zombie fan, if if you're a if you're a kid who's getting into Rob Zombie music and stuff, he he's obviously into some really good stuff. Yeah, watch that. Watch that exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There's the recommendation. Watch the stuff Rob Zombie watches. Yeah, and then skip his crap. <laughs> okay, fair because he's not adding anything to it that's you know interesting or revealing in any way. Yeah artistic in any fashion yeah, it's like the desperate hours they they talk about in this movie yeah watch that terrific yeah yeah watch anything that he referenced to get into this watch coffin mm-hmm. joe watch some coffin joe yeah yeah coffin joe movies did Just, they reference that in this no but, no but i can see him watching I, some coffin joe but i know that he that he loves coffin joe yeah but that's but, a fact yeah that those early coffin joe movies very punk aesthetic yeah yeah for sure so that being said, yeah, I would recommend this to Rob Zombie fans who just want more. Or people who want to say goodbye well, to Sid Haig. I wouldn't say want more. I'd say more of the, just the same. Want the same. Who, without, <laughs> who want exactly the same. Without an ending. With diminishing returns. There you go. Um, so next time, uh, our next episode will be coming out just before Halloween. Uh, and we talked about uh, doing Halloween playlists for... Um, some movies, some like what what we would program as a little film fest for your friends while you're having a party or whatever. Um, all Rob Zombie movies, all Rob Zombie music. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, just a bunch of uh, go-go dancers that look just like Sherry Moon Zombie, just on top <laughs> of... A good theme party. Yeah, on top yeah. of all the tables and furniture and stuff. Just go-go dancing to Rob Zombie's Dragula. Yeah, I, I look cute in shorts. Yeah. So, uh, so um, we have... Child's Play on deck for the next one. Yeah. Uh, this is the 2019 Child's Play, right? What a golden year that's proving to be. It yeah. is. Okay. Free so, from Hell, Child's Play, Pet Cemetery, all <laughs> riveting and new. <laughs> who says Hollywood's not doing anything new? I mean, who says Rob Zombie is Hollywood? So there's that. Um, it's more like Bakersfield. <laughs> Vacaville. That, Ooh, Vacaville. Maybe. That's where they have Charles. Well, had Charles Manson. Yeah, he's dead. What's the he's point? He's dead now. What's the point behind anything anymore? Charles Manson's dead. Um, 
So yeah. So next time we're going to do our, um, and do you guys want to do like maybe, uh, some recommended listening too? Sure. Like we could say, here's some stuff that might be great programming for your background music for your party. <laughs> I could bring in the track list of my Halloween mix well, and read it out. I was going to say, the course of several weeks. So, so Will and I could just, you know, open open a drink and you know, yeah. open a beer and sit back and. Uh, I I bring a several. I'd bring yeah, a I was, yeah, I was going to say we'll just bring the we'll bring the cooler in here while you read your three day playlist. <laughs> I, listeners might think I'm joking. Jolien nope. has made a three day long playlist for Halloween. So maybe, just maybe. It's only three days? Well, yeah. Richard once described it as more of a radio station than a mix. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is a radio station. Yeah. All Halloween, all the time. Um, so yeah, we could uh, we could do some recommended listening. Uh, maybe not in specific detail <laughs> as far as a track listing. And some recommended viewing. We'll do those lists next time along with our review of Child's Play, which is going to be riveting. I'm sure. Scintillating. It'll be better than three from hell. Let's hope you're right. I can already guarantee it. <laughs> so your your prediction. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Shall we call it a show? Uh sure. All right. Hey listeners, thank you for listening. Time, Time bananas. bananas. Time bananas?